Welcome to the Saving Grace Adventist Church Sermon Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed by the Word of God. He'll do it again. Mm, mm, mm. I could sit here all day listening to her singing that song. Happy Sabbath, everyone. I want to say thanks to everyone for inviting me here, the church board, the pastor, and... Um, the pastor has been trying to get me for a while, but my schedule was so busy that we had to rearrange last week too to be here this week. I give God thanks and praise. Thanks again to the church board and for Sister Palmer for not giving up. <laughs> yes. Um, I also recognize my friend here, Sister Barrett. I met her the last time I was here doing prayer, and many faces here I still remember. We want to say, to God be the glory, great things he hath done. We have reached a time in our life, or a ye another year in our life, that we did not even expect to see. 2013. That's a long way. Many of us were born in the 1900s, 1800s, so when we, they hear these kind of 2030, it's a, it's a long way. Well, the babies that was just born yesterday, they don't understand. But we give God thanks for keeping us through to this year. We pray for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we're not praying for financial blessing. We want more of the Spirit. And you know, the, the general conference... Um, their passion, too, is for revival and reformation. So today was not any ordinary day because this is the day they asked the entire world church to pray. So all over the world, they are praying today for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, for a reformation upon the church. And we know what can happen when the Holy Spirit come upon us. Um... With me is my husband today, and my daughter was on her way. She said she was coming. I didn't, see, I didn't see her up to now, but I'm still praying for her. I don't know if she has gone somewhere else. But um, my husband is here with me today, and we want to say thank God for Brother Cole to be here in this church at this time with us. It's a long story, but God brought him here for a time like now. Yes. The theme today, is there anything too hard for God? I realize that God is in this place, even from the minute we walk in here this morning, the, the greeter at the door, and, and, and when we sat in the class here, the Sabbath school class, we, we, we were just looking at each other, my husband and myself, because while we were going through preparing this sermon, we... Everything that we were talking, all the scriptures that we were talking about, they were talking about it in the Sabbath school. They came up here, and just that, I did not have a quarterly, so I didn't know what was happening. We were doing our, our pre preparing for the divine worship. And when we came in here this morning, we were in awe. My husband is a baby in the church, so I was saying to him, This is the Holy Spirit. Because we didn't know, and this is what the Lord brought us here today, saying the same thing. So the church is in one accord. Believe it or not, the Holy Spirit is here. I don't know what we're expecting from the Holy Spirit, but unity is part of what? It, the fruit of the Spirit. One fruit of the Spirit is love. And I see a lot of love in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Is there anything too hard for God? Let us pray. Loving Father, your daughter is standing here at your desk, at your pulpit, this place where it is holy ground. I can't even speak without you speaking through me. I can't even stand up here without your breath in my physical body. And so, Lord, I'm asking you to pour out your spirit upon me today. As I open up my mouth to speak, may they not hear me, may they not see me, but may they hear your voice speaking through me. Send your words, which is sharper than any two-edged sword, to every heart in this place. 
the little girls, the little boys, the men and the women, the young men and the young women alike, all of us, Lord, so that we'll be on fire for you to go and tell others that you're coming very soon. The theme today, is there anything too hard for God to do? It's your theme, Lord. Speak through me. Hear my prayers today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. When, when, um, when I got the, the theme, the first thing that came into my mind was Genesis, the creation. Many of us have left our home, homeland, and we walk on the plane with maybe one suitcase because you can only have 50 pounds and left everything behind and took the plane, could only pay the plane fare and get here with one suitcase. Over the time, we grow out of that suitcase and we got an apartment or a house. We furnish that house. We have cars. We buy another house. And we start to have children. And we move on from there, going to school, get a higher education. So many things happening. Out of one suitcase. We have outgrown the houses that we live in and we want to buy bigger, bigger, bigger houses. We have outgrown the cars and we have changed the cars. But we are to look back at creation. When God came out and he saw nothing and he spoke, everything came into action. Can you imagine just one time, the Lord, just think about it. In Genesis 1, we read this morning, let there be light, and there was light. And it went on like that. And the Lord said everything was good. So if we, in our own little self, can start with one suitcase, outgrow the suitcase, and, and, and from house to house, job to job, elevated to some of us have reached our limit. Can you believe God? We are saying this is good. God has blessed us. But what about God who has created heaven and earth? Is there anything too hard for God? If God can create heaven and earth, out of nothing. When I turn back to Genesis 1 and 26, and God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. God created man in his own image, male and female, God took up the clay, like the little children going to school and using the, 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 the little clay. And they formed their own little ideas of what things should be. But God took up the clay and he formed man in his own image. Man lay down there could not breathe, and he breathed his breath into man's nostril, and the man came alive. Is there anything too hard for God to do? God spoke to the man and the woman when he, he put the man to sleep, and he took the rib out, and he formed woman. And when he did that, he told them just one time, go and multiply and replenish. Look at generation to generation, generation. The Lord don't have to get up every day and tell us to go and multiply and replenish. One word, one time. And from generation to generation, God is, there's nothing too hard 
for God to do. It all started at creation because when God made us, he made us in his image. He loved us so much, but because sin entered into the Garden of Eden, things change. But God changed it not. God promised us that he will be there for us. God said when our mother and our father forsake us, when they leave us, he will never leave us nor forsake us. It is a wonderful thing when we think of creation in that manner. That it all started there. Out of clay, out of dust. And there is a, we know that the, at the funerals they say you're going back to dust. But we know that for the time being, we are praising our God and we are saying, is there anything too hard for God to do? We went back in the scriptures. We searched the scriptures last night. And we look at Abraham. Ada, through prayer, Abraham pleaded with God for Sodom. Abraham pleaded. Because prayer is talking to God as talking to a friend. Prayer is the key that we have in our hands. And not because we're using the word prayer, it means talking to God. We talk to one another more than how we talk to God. Abraham pleaded with God. Abraham was a man, a sinner, saved by grace. And he pleaded with God and asked God to spare Sodom. And he speared Lot and his family. God speared Lot and his family. Moses, again, was another man of prayer. Moses was leading the children. God called Moses to lead, to help to lead the children the, out of Egypt. And Moses interceded. Moses prayed all the time for the children of Israel. God delivered them. God delivered them on dry land. Is there anything too hard for God to do? The journey from Egypt was, if you want to read it, is, is, is Exodus 16. And even at one time when they thought they were going to die, the Lord said to Moses, stretch your rod over the, 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 the sea. And the sea was parted. And they went through on dry land. Is there anything too hard for God to do? If God can part, the Red Sea, which is so deep, deep, deep for them to go over and dry land. Is there anything too hard for God to do? These are real stories. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So we must have faith in God. We must believe. But when the Egyptians came back after them, the water just flow over every one of them. Recently, I was looking at, uh, at, uh, at the History Channel, and they were saying that they found many things there in the Red Sea. They found a lot of things. Because, you know, scientists are trying to prove that the Bible is wrong. But they cannot. So they went and they did some research, and they found many things in there to prove that the story is true. We believe the Bible. Every word that is written in it is of God, and we believe it. We don't have to listen to the, the scientists. I, I, I preached in a church last week, and, and it was about health. And we were talking about the diet. And, and scientists prove that the Seventh-day Adventists are the healthiest people. And the Bible told us in Genesis that those who ate the, the chicken, they died before those who ate. Isn't that so? Right. So scientists don't have to tell us. It's in the Bible. Those who wanted chicken, God gave them the, the chicken, right? But they died before those who ate the manna. It's history from the Bible. So we don't have to pay a scientist to tell us that. 
He said their lifespan was shortened when they ate the flesh. And those who ate the manna, they made it through. I just want to say, is there anything too hard for God? Joshua, in Joshua verse 10, chapter 10, 12 to 14, Joshua prayed and asked the Lord to let the sun stay still in heaven so that he can continue to fight the battle. And what happened? The sun stood still. Is there anything too hard for God? In Numbers, the Lord told Gideon to go and fight the battle with 300 men and blow the trumpet. And when the trumpet, when they do that, the war would be won. 300 men, and they obeyed God's voice. They prayed through this and obeyed God's voice. And what happened? Is there anything too hard for God to do? No, there is nothing too hard. Anna, many of you women know the story of Anna, where she could not have any children, and even at her age, past age, Anna prayed to the Lord, and Anna bore a son. Not only one, but the Bible says she had about three more after, or four more after that. Her womb was opened up. And that is when God gave her Samuel, and Samuel became a prophet. Is there anything too hard for God to do? Elijah prevailed through earnest prayer. And we know his story upon Mount Carmel. Elijah, man, just like us. Is there anything too hard for God to do? Solomon was another one that prayed. Solomon prayed right through building the temple. And God blessed Solomon, the wisest man. God, is there anything too hard for God to give? He is the one that created us. Let us make man in his own image. The brain cells, the nerves, the organs, the blood, and everything, the ear, the eye, everything. He said even the very hair on, on your head is numbered. Is there anything too hard for God to do? We know of David. Look at David. David has gone through so much. But David even sinned against God openly. But he prayed the prayer in Psalm 51. And after he prayed that prayer, God forgave him. God's grace and God's mercy and God still bless him and use him. Is there anything too hard for God to do? Ezekiah was sick. Very sick and he prayed unto the Lord. And God healed him. To hear in his prayer. God is still waiting for us. We're not praying to him enough. We're not talking to him enough. Daniel was a little young man that went into the king's palace and, and he was there praying three times a day. And God blessed Daniel. That little young man got so smart, he started to get dreams and visions. He could interpret the king's dream. Is there anything too hard? Peter in the New Testament. Peter was a fisherman. He was a, a hard fisherman that denied Christ three times. But God gave him his spirit. And God sent him to pray for Dorcas. And Dorcas came back to life. Is there anything too hard for God to do? Church, we, we're not here to play church. You heard a little about me, my story. And as I look, as, as she was reading about the wall dances, it, it is the wall dances, for those who know of the wall dances. The wall dances, the history of the wall dances is in the great controversy. And my great-great-grandfather is a Waldensian. He came and he lived in Jamaica for many years. And that's where the entire Sherwood content in Trelawney is where they were living. They named the entire community Waldensia. 
just after them. They named the school, they bought the school, give them land and build the school and name it Waldensia Primary School. They gave their land, they named their property, 30 something acres of property named Piedmont. They had a passion. They had a burden in their hearts for Jesus. So everywhere they go, they would set up a, a school and set up a church. And they set up a church also and named that church Waldensia Church. So right in the community of Shearwood Content in Trelawney, there is, I did not know it until I become a Seventh-day Adventist, praying and praying, and the name got so, so, so curious in my mind, I started to search for the Waldenses, and it is in the history books in Jamaica, in the library. I searched and I found it there. We have a rich heritage in our country of Christians. So as we, as we, Look around and we talk about Jesus. We said, is there anything too hard for God to do? They suffered persecution. And I guess God has called me into this faith also to suffer a little persecution as a Waldensian. Now, as we go through, I, I learned all of this about my family background. Can you imagine? They ran away from persecution. And they came into that little country era in Trelawney. And that's where the fastest man in the world, he got his basic education in that school. He also was raised in that community, a community of prayer. His mother is a Seventh-day Adventist. They were all going to the same church. He was raised in the Seventh-day Adventist church too. Is there anything too hard for God to do for us? There is power in prayer. In the book, Prayer, if you don't have it, Ellen G. White's book, she said the weakest Christian down on their knees, the weakest Satan and his host tremble and flee. The weakest. And you know it was one third of the angels that were cast out of heaven with him. So she said the weakest Christian down on their knee, Satan and his host tremble and flee. Why are we not praying more? Why are we not asking for more? Why are not we not seeking God's face for more of his blessing, more of his power? I came into the church. It was read that I got baptized in Fitzhenry's crusade. Fitzhenry is an evangelist that is well known. But I was very sick, very, very sick, near on to death or going crazy. I don't know what, but I was so sick. Doctors gave up on me. I traveled to America to visit doctors, to Canada to visit doctors because I could afford to do it at the time. My hemoglobin was three to four. All the time, my hemoglobin was low. My body, and not that I wasn't eating, but I wasn't absorbing my iron as it should. I was so sick. I cried night and day. Seeking help, I've been to all the doctors in Montego Bay. They said, okay, it's in your mind. So they started to give me Xanax and Valium. Just like Michael Jackson, just like, like Whitney Houston. I got hooked on it. So hooked on it that I could not sleep without it. So hooked on it that I could not leave my home without it. So hooked on it that, 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 that even when I'm out of it, the doctors would just take it out of their drawers without prescription and give it to me. Hooked on it. But while I was so hooked on it, during the time I was so sick, my little girl accepted the Sabbath message. And she came into the church with a passion, young girl, and asked people to pray for her mother. While they were praying for her mother, things started to happen. I went and visit, visited the last doctor. I said, this is the last one I'm going to. And the doctor said to me, I am going to give you, because you know we could afford it at the time. So the doctor said, I'm going to give you the most expensive test. And this will show everything that is wrong in your system. But in the meantime, I am going to tell you to go home and pray 
until, until the results come back. I said, pray. Aren't you going to give me some Xanax or Valium? He said, no, that even is worse. Go home and pray. And that changed my life. Is there anything too hard for God to do? I said I did not know how to pray because I, was an ev I believe in evolution theory. I did not know how to pray because I got involved with a doctor in Montego Bay, a new age doctor that hypnotized me and told me that I'm going to die and come back in the form of somebody else. Reincarnation. I got involved with this doctor man that told me to go and get my palm read. So I am from one palm reader to another palm reader. I am from one tea leaf reader to another one. Trying to find out what's wrong with me. I believed in evolution. Went to look at the zoo, to look at the monkey, to see how I look like a monkey. I believed all of those things. I had no idea that Jesus Christ was the son of God. I thought the Bible was just a good storybook. You see, I was very sick. Very sick. That's why emotionally, mentally, sick physically, everything was happening. But that little girl that God put in my life that came into the church as a little teenager started to pray. She said, I will not give up on my mother. I'm going to pray for her. Is there anything too hard for God to do? I was weighing 162 pounds. I got so sick that I went down to 90 pounds. I, I, I was fashionable. Even sometimes they would put my pic picture and call me. Uh, up to the other day, this lady was telling me, Fashionable. When I say fashionable, designer clothes, designer clothes, gold and, 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 and pearls and, 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 and just about it. I don't wear ordinary makeup. It must be a designer, name brand. I don't wear any false jewelry. It must be the real 14 carat, 18 carat gold or real pearls. When I look at some people now trying to, 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 to dress in God's church, trying to, you know, I was there. When I accepted the Sabbath truth, I had 80 pairs of shoes in Jamaica. 80 pairs of shoes. And they were designer shoes. And I had bags to match them. I would not leave my house without my jewelry or my makeup. One day, I was going down the road and I realized that my, my ring did not match the clothes that I had on and I turned back and got it changed around. We lived in the area where we had all the in-bond shop owners. We were in the area with them. So when I want my jewelry, I would just call them and tell them what to bring. You know, they have a song, shiny eye girl is a trouble to a man. She want this, she want that, she want everything. Everything we see in this world, we want it. But none of those could help me. I got so, so sick. But when I started to pray myself and ask God to come into my life, I said, here am I, Lord, take me. I went from church to church looking healing. I went from palm reading, leaf, tea leaf reading, everything. I went from doctor to doctor looking healing. But when I said, Lord, here am I. Come into my heart. He came into my heart immediately. I start to sing just as I am without one plea. The Lord Started to bring healing two weeks after I was back out on the road, ready to go. I went to the Pentecostal church. I got baptized in the, in the Baptist church. I got baptized in the Pentecostal church. I, got, I went to, to the Jehovah Witness to study. I went to the Catholic because my father was a Catholic. I went from place to place trying to get help. I went into the Pentecostal because I said I want some of the power. 
When I got there, they said you need to be filled with the Spirit. And I lay down on that ground and I, they cast me down. I came to Benny Hinn's church in, in America and I said, I want the Holy Spirit. I've been traveling. I started to speak. She shall ha 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 ha. ha. I said, oh yes, she's filled with the Spirit. But while I was there, I found a track in the Bible about the Ten Commandments. And I started to read and ask God about the Sabbath. I prayed and I asked the Lord, if you are the one that's talking to me about the Sabbath, please show it to me. And the Lord sent an angel in my house to teach me the Sabbath from Genesis to Revelation. Every night that angel would come and shine light in my Bible and turn the pages when I asked questions about the Sabbath. I asked the Lord, I said, if you are the one that's talking to me about the Sabbath, I need help because people are calling me names. They said, I'm crazy because I'm running around from one church to the other. I went to the pastor in the Pentecostal church and the pastor said, Satan is the one that's telling you about the Sabbath. So I had to go down in fasting and pray and ask God to help me. I said, if you are the one that's telling me about the Sabbath, I met this. I, I said, I want a sign right there at the beach. And when I look, I saw Fitzhenry put up a tent at the same place. I did not go to the tent because the angel was still teaching me. And every night I would park my Mercedes Benz because I still had a little stooshness in me. So I would go and park the Mercedes Benz by the roadside, not under the tent, because it was not a tent that we were used to. We were used to entertaining and going into places like hotels and, and, and other places for cocktail parties and so on. So when the tent was there, it was not my, my thing. So we parked the Mercedes-Benz on the roadside. And every word that he was preaching, that is what the angel was teaching me from the Bible. And I accepted the Sabbath. I ran down to the tent and said, baptize me, baptize me. When I got there, they said, it's too late. Come another week. Tent is pulled down. Come the next week. We got baptized. I got baptized. 1,050 of us baptized in that crusade. We started the church, the king's church. The king is coming was the name of the crusade. And out of that, I suffered much persecution. Suffered much persecution because the Lord changed my diet. I started to eat and drink in a different way than I never used to. I, I, I used, we used to have um, champagne and beer and we used to have all these alcohol. But the Lord changed my habits. I started to drink water, pure water. I, I went back to the garden and eat fruits and vegetables. I bought a juice extractor and juice it. It was not enough to me for me. I needed it. It's like I was hungry and thirsting after God's creation. When I read in Genesis 1, 29, that God made these things for us, I said I didn't want them diluted at all. I want them real. And I ate and drank and ate the nuts and changed my diet. My health was renewed. My mind got so clear. I pack up all the medication. I said, Lord, if I perish, I perish, but I'm not taking them anymore. Yes. I found out that you are the creator. Is there anything too hard for you to do? I did not know that he was the creator, but now that I found out that you are the creator, I am going to trust you. Yes. And I trust him. And I said, when you heal me, I am going to tell everybody in the world about you. Amen. I suffered much persecution. My household turned upside down. I became homeless because my husband didn't come at the same time. And I had to leave the home. Sometimes I go sleep with friends in a car all over the place. I, but I said I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. If I'm to make rockstone my pillow, I am going to be there. If I'm to sleep under a tree, I am not going to let go. Is there anything too hard for God? I slept under the tree. I practice it. Time of trouble will come where we have to sleep under the tree. So I practice it. And the more I practice it, 
the heart of my husband become against me. Took away car, took away everything from me. I had to walk and take the taxi now. Can you imagine from up there to walking down there? I had to walk and the people said, this woman is crazy. I took off my jewelry, everything. They said, no, she's mad. And people started to treat me like a mentally ill person on the road. They would throw stone at me. They would say things about me. I would hear. But I was going on. I was going on. And I was praising the Lord for making me whole. Because he has raised me from the dead. And he has raised me from the dead for a purpose. Is there anything too hard for God to do? I left my husband. I had to leave him for a while. Because the persecution was too serious. I had to leave for a while. And the Lord said, get out. And he brought me to America for a while in Orlando. My husband was visiting with me at the time. Not with me. My daughter and I were sharing an apartment. I was there. My, I must say that when God baptized me, I got my daughter, my other daughter, to come and get baptized. But my husband wouldn't come. And they were so close. With, he was so close with my daughter that he too didn't even want her to go to church. God did. It, it, I'm writing the book because it's, it, it's, it's a lot. And when we came into... When he came to visit her in Orlando for her birthday, they, we stayed in the same house. After her birthday, my birthday was like a week after. And I said to my husband, do you want to stay for my birthday? He said, oh, sure. <laughs> so I said, if you stay, I'm still a Christian, and I'm going to church Wednesday night and Sabbath. Are you coming? He said, yes, I'll come. We have been praying for him. Is there anything too hard for God to do? We prayed. The church prayed. The church fasted. Everybody in Montego Bay know about my husband and my story. They prayed for us. One Sabbath he came into church and the pastor preached. It was baptism. I said, are you going to get baptized? No. But he went home the night and, and, and by the morning the pastor called him and he said to the pastor, I want to get baptized. The pastor arranged a, a baptism for them, and he got baptized. My husband is now in the church. Is there anything too hard for God to do? We renewed our marriage vow because we were separated. We were living rough life, and we were separated. And recently, um, Pastor Derek Morris renewed our marriage vow over there in Forest Lake Church. My husband is now a Christian. Is there anything too hard for God to do? He was an alcoholic too. And God, the day he got baptized, the Lord took it away from him. He now read his Bible. He now prayed daily and studied the Bible. And, and it, it is the talk of the town. Even now, they put us on the news in Jamaica. They put us on the cable TV in, interviewing both of us in Jamaica. Because they know. Many people came to the church and said, if this man get baptized in the church, this is the true church. Amen. It didn't stop there. I couldn't keep. I couldn't contain myself. So I started to go through the town. And I started to go through the town and pray for the sick in the hospital. I said, Lord, give me your Holy Spirit. Even my shadow like Peter, I want to heal the sick. And I passed through and I prayed. I went through to the prime minister of the country. I went through and I said, Prime Minister Patterson, the Lord is telling you that what is happening in Jamaica is out of your control. Call the nation to prayer. The prime minister signed a proclamation and called the nation to prayer on a Sabbath in Jamaica. There is the proclamation. And there are the three leaders that signed the proclamation. And you can continue to show where the leaders were praying together on the Sabbath at NCU. Is there anything too hard for God to do? Leaders pray for peace. They pray at NCU, the Northern Caribbean University. And today in Jamaica, we are proud to say, is there anything too hard for God to do? Even the governor general know after that God has placed him there. Lead us pray for peace. God answered prayer. I prayed with, with 
per Mr. Patterson. I prayed with me, Mrs. Simpson Miller. I prayed with the governor generals before. I prayed with the, 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 the opposition leader before. And, and, and I gave them Bibles. I gave them great controversy. I, gave, I could not keep still. I ran through the police department from one police station to another every morning to have devotions with them. They were accommodating me. I went through and I went through the prisons. I went through the streets, the marketplace. I've been there. Is there anything too hard for God to do? I went to the general conference. There was called there to be a part of their, their team. And, 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 and you know, we, we had this little button. Need prayer? Ask me at the general conference. I went back to Jamaica and I, I, I got a lot of them done. And I, 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 we use it as a ministry. Just go by the roadside and stand up with these buttons. And persons were just asking us, pray for us, pray for us. We got a list of names. Persons were healed. Persons were baptized in the church because of the prayer ministry. Is there anything too hard for God to do? There's nothing too hard for God to do. We are still praying because there's still a lot of work to be done. So we use the prayer ministry to help others. Tonight, one lady will be coming here to the prayer meeting. She had cancer. Doctor gave up on her to die. Right here in Hollywood, they sent her home to die. She was swollen, big, her head big, legs big, hands big, because the cancer was in her head, it was in her breast, it was in her bones, it was in her brain, it was all over her body. And we got together in an all-night prayer meeting in a church in Hollywood. We prayed for her. We prayed and asked the pastor to come and let us anoint her with oil. And today, the doctors have given her a letter to go back to work. They cannot find any cancer in her anymore. Is there anything too hard for God to do? There's not one day that I doubt God. God is coming back for our people with faith in him. God is coming back. For a people who love him and keep his commandments. God is coming back. Not only that we're going to sit here and keep his commandments. But God wants us to go on the highways and the byways. And to tell others about him. He is coming soon. Soon and very soon. The scripture said in Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem. Coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death there shall be no more sorrow there shall be no more crying there shall be no more anything no more pain because the former things are passed away god is still in in charge is there anything too hard for god to do there's nothing there's nothing too hard for god to do god is coming soon we had an all-night prayer meeting Thursday night, a general conference all over the world. People are calling in. We prayed on that phone all night from 10 o'clock to 5 o'clock in the morning. Persons were calling New York City. They are going to be claiming New York City for this year. And they were praying and praying and praying and praying. Is there anything too hard for God to do in America? The same God that is in Jamaica. The same God that is in your homeland. The same God is the same God in America. Is there too, anything too hard for God to do? Is there anyone here today who has heard this message and believe that God is able? Please stand to your feet. He's still able. Tonight, please come. We'll be doing an all-night prayer from 10 p.m to 5 a.m. I was one of the prayer coordinators in a prayer team there. And every last Sabbath of the month, a whole group of us will travel from church to church to have all-night prayer meeting. Every end of the month, we're still doing it, years upon years, we're still doing it. 
And so God is hearing our prayers. God is answering our prayers. God is setting up leaders. God is taking down leaders. God is providing for the hungry. God is providing for the homeless. God has fed and, and led us on the way. And is the same God in America. Is there anything too hard for God to do? Is there one among us today who, want to, who is sick in their physical body and want to walk out here for special prayer? Is there anyone who is sick here today and wants some special prayer? Is there anything too hard for God to do? Is there one here who just wants some blessing in their home? Husband and wives, children. Is there one who is out of a job, trying to find a job and cannot get a job? Is there anything too hard for God to do? Is there anything hard for God to do? He said he's coming for a people who keep his commandment and have the testimony of Jesus. We saw God use men and women like us in the Bible. We saw Peter. Look at Peter, who denied Christ three times. God sent him to pray over Dorcas. She came back to life. We saw John the Revelator on the Isle of Patmos. And God appeared unto him and gave him the book of Revelation. We saw, we saw Paul, who was a persecutor. And we saw God convert him. That he went about, he was the greatest evangelist. Is there anything too hard for God to do? Just get a little closer to everybody. No, no, no stranger. Touch one another. Hug one another. Hold on to one hand. We have to. We have to. We're singing. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. Hold on. And I'm going to, I'm going to kneel and pray. Please, you might not be able to kneel, but just close your eyes and bow your head reverently because we have the Savior who is in the high place. He's our intercessor. And we can only pray to him and let him answer. Let us pray. Our heavenly father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we have, we have listened to your voice today through your scriptures. Our heart burn within us today as we listen to you speak. Is there anything too hard for you to do? You are the God yesterday, today, and forevermore. You change it not. In the scriptures, you heal the sick. From, from the Old Testament right down to the New Testament, you heal the sick. You cast out demons. The, the, the dead was raised and even the blind eyes were opened up to, to, to see you. The, the deaf ears, those who could not hear, they were able to hear. Jesus, you raised many dead. And, and, and today, Lord, we bow before your presence. We thank you so much for this Holy Sabbath day of rest. We thank you for bringing us here together as a family to fellowship one with another. And as we fellowship and we sat at your feet today and we were fed with, with, with food from heaven. And we thank you. Lord, today at the altar, there are persons here that are sick in their physical bodies. We are casting all our cares upon you for you care it for us. Go through those bodies, Lord, from the crown of the head to the sole of the feet and root out every sickness, Lord, out of the root, out, root it out, out of the system. And Lord, if you don't choose to root it out, help us to know that your grace is sufficient. So Lord Jesus, I just ask you to touch everyone there this morning. I pray that you'll fill them with your Holy Spirit so that they will feel your presence and they will run and not be weary and they will walk and not faint. Bring down the, the high blood pressure to normal. Bring down the diabetes, Lord, to normal. Tear out the cancer, dry it up from the root, oh God. And Lord, any other sickness, uh, mental, every other uh, family business in here, Lord, the families are under trouble. A lot of things are happening, Lord. I pray that you'll send your mighty angel that selling strength to come and stand by your families here today. I pray that you'll root out Satan's kingdom from out of their hearts and out of their homes. And I pray even today, dear Jesus, for those who are not working. Lord, you said the cattle belong to you. Everything belongs to you. And we cry out and said, the art is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We cry out to you, Lord, and said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And we cry out to you because we know you are our provider. We know you are Jehovah Jireh. We know we are the job 
jobs are hiding. We know why they don't want to give us the jobs. But we are asking you, Lord, to break down every barrier and to set the captives free so that your people can get a job and that they can, they'll be meeting your house for them to return their tithe and their offering. Oh, Lord, we want some money. The church needs to be built. The message needs to go forward. So I'm asking you, dear Jesus, to give them jobs. And those that are in jobs, give them better jobs, better paying jobs, that they, their salary can increase and the 10% can increase to come into the church and the offerings can increase. Almighty God, pour out your spirit upon us in this place. Oh, there are some who are just having difficulties through this life, Lord. I pray that you'll heal emotionally, heal physically, heal, oh God, spiritually. And you said above all things, you want us to be prosperous, be in health, even as our soul prospers. I was sick, Lord, very sick unto death. And you, you touched me and I was never the same. And you can do it here again, dear Jesus. So I'm asking you do something for them in this place. Whatever I've failed of asking you, I pray that you'll grant it unto me. I pray, dear Jesus, that you'll bless the pastor of this church. I pray that you'll pour out your Holy Spirit upon the elders and the leaders of this church. I pray that this building will never be the same, but they will be packed and overflowing, maybe building and stretching out so that others can come in and be comfortable. Lord, your coming is even at the door. Rise up a standard against the enemy. Let your people know that the enemy have a short time and he's going around trying to kill, steal, and destroy. But you know that you too have a short time, Lord, and you want us to stay down on our knees. You want us to pray one for another. You want us to run and tell others about what you're doing for us. Thank you, Jesus, for this holy Sabbath day of rest. Thank you for the healing touch here today. Thank you for the balm in Gilead. Thank you that you are the conquering lion of the tribe of Judah. Thank you that you are the everlasting father. Thank you that you are the prince of peace. Thank you that you are the king of kings and the lord of lords. And we put our trust in you. Take over from here, Jesus. In Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We are always encouraged to know how God is working through this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share of how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email at podcast at savinggracesda.org. As the Holy Spirit impresses you, you may also support this ministry financially by visiting savinggracesda.org.